with her long golden-brown hair and thin waistline, looked far younger than her thirty-nine years. Now reflecting the light of the fire, her eyes were wide with fright. Sophie turned back toward the house. There, in one of the windows, she saw her grandmother, Gita, peering out from behind the curtain of her room. Though Sophie could not see the older woman's face, she knew that she would be worried yet calm. Her father's mother, at eighty, found little left to surprise her in life. A large crack split the night air. Sophie looked back just in time to see part of the barn's roof collapse in on itself, the wood crashing to the ground with a deafening roar. The flames paused only for a moment before growing even higher and hotter in intensity. There would be no chance to save the barn. Their closest neighbors were the Sanderses, but they lived a couple of miles to the north. Even if they had seen the fire, they would be far too late to help by the time they arrived. "'What happened?' Sophie asked her brother. "'How did it start?' "'I don't know,' Carl muttered, lost in the blaze. "'Was it lightning?' "'I don't—I don't know,' he said again. Sleeping peacefully in her daisy-filled dream, Sophie had not heard a storm, but that didn't mean that one hadn't occurred. Summer storms in Illinois could be unpredictable and violent, leaving much destruction in their wake.' Her eyes scanned the sky, but she couldn't see any cloud other than the one the fire was making. The moon looked back at her, a crescent three-quarters hidden, as if it were trying to shield itself from the chaos below. A crowd of stars filled the rest of the heavens, like gawkers at an accident. If lightning had not struck, what caused the fire? In answer to her unspoken question, the night was split by another loud crack, this one coming from the corner of the house— Sophie's heart froze at the sight that awaited her. Three men stood side by side, all of them wearing burlap sacks over their heads. Through the narrow eye holes they had cut, she could see nothing but a blackness she knew matched their intentions. All of them wore rough clothing, overalls spattered with grease stains and shirts peppered with holes. The one in the middle loosely carried the rifle that had fired the startling shot. "'Goddamn crowd bastards!' he spat. In that instant, Sophie faced a horrendous truth. The men standing before her had set fire to the barn, and they had intended to herd the family outside because they wanted to do them more harm. "'What is the meaning of this?' her father bellowed in his heavily accented English, his German origins coloring every word. "'Are you responsible for this outrage?' "'Damn right we are,' the man answered defiantly. "'Why? Why would you do such a thing?' "'Don't you dare play dumb with me, you stupid kraut. "'I'd bet you thought we'd all just stand around with our fingers up our noses "'and not say a word, but you was wrong. "'Ain't no way we're gonna let no Germans just go on living here "'and not do nothing about it. "'You're just waiting to make your move, "'just waiting to wreck a train or poison the water.' "'What are you talking about? I'm an American citizen. "'You ain't no American. You're a damn Nazi.' "'The armed man's words cut through Sophie like a knife, "'though what he was saying couldn't have been further from the truth. "'The Heller family had emigrated from Germany in early 1933, "'the same year that Adolf Hitler had become the Chancellor of the nation. "'While many had believed Hitler's promises, Hermann had seen only danger.' Their exodus had been fraught with peril, their reasons for leaving many. 
Settling in victory, Hermann Heller took great pride in considering himself to be as American as any of his neighbors. "'I'm not a Nazi,' he now protested. "'The hell you ain't!' countered the man standing just to the right of the one with the rifle. Smaller than his armed companion, he glanced nervously from Hermann to his ally as if he were searching for approval. The man to the left of the gunman remained silent and impassive. From the way they behaved, it was obvious to Sophie that the one with the gun was in charge. "'Just another kraut lie,' the leader said. With her heart pounding in her chest, Sophie closed her eyes tightly, as if by wishing hard enough the nightmare before her would just miraculously disappear. But when she opened them again, nothing had changed. Sweat glistened on her brow, not from the heat of the burning barn, but from fear. The fear of death. Sophie, Hermann said sternly, I want you to take Carl and go into the house.